0: I want to speak with you today uh, from Job chapter 42. And uh, the title of my sermon will be Sovereign. Because, you know, sometimes we forget (laughs) God is still in charge. Sovereign. When we talk about sovereign, we normally think of a monarch, an absolute monarch. Somebody who exercises ultimate governing authority, both as head of state and head of the government. Because you know, you do have people who are sovereigns, but they are not the head of the government. You no, know, the British got real smart when they saw what happened in the French Revolution. Liberty, equality, and brotherhood. Liberty, equality, and fraternity. They saw what happened to Louis the Fifteenth or the Fourteenth. He lost his head. So the British quickly retooled their monarchy so that instead of being an absolute monarchy, it became a constitutional. Monarchy, whereby the queen was now head of state, but no longer head of the government. I'm going somewhere. See, some monarchies that we have today are powerless. They are basically ceremonial monarchies. Louis XIV expressed the sentiments of a true monarchy when he said, Les têtes, c'est moi, which means the state, that's me. The state is me. I am the state. And throughout history, the divine rights of kings was the theological justification. Of for absolute monarchy in in the Denmark-Norway system. The king's law stipulates that the monarch shall from this day forth be revered and considered the most perfect and supreme person on the earth by all his subjects, standing above all human laws, And having no judge above his person, neither in spiritual nor temporal matters, except God alone. Now we know why they don't have a monarchy anymore. (laughs) Today there are only seven states, seven nations. That still have an absolute monarchy. You no, know, the Tongans may correct me and say it's eight. But your monarch has decided in 2010, this year, sometime this year, he's going to secede some, some of his power and become a constitutional monarchy. But there are only seven remaining absolute Monarchies in the world today. They're in Brunei, Oman, Qatar, Saudi Arabia, Swaziland, and the last one is the Vatican City. But I'm here to remind you this morning that those seven are just pretenders because there is only one true monarch, there is only one true sovereign. Ah, uh, somebody told me told me that he sits high, and he looks low. Daniel said to uh, Nebuchadnezzar that 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 he rules in the affairs of men. He is the true sovereign. You now, the book of Job is an exposition on the question of human suffering. If you want to put it another way, the book of Job looks at the question of why do bad things happen to good people? But that question is coached within the the larger issue of why would a good god who is sovereign who is all powerful who is un- all knowing who is who is who is king of kings and lord of lords why would that good god allow evil in this world Job was caught in a in, in, in a bind, because theologically, they believed back in the day that, that nothing happens without God's permission. And so if sickness came, the, 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 the thought was, if sickness came, then there must be sin. If suffering came, there must be sin. If you are going backwards, then it means there must be sin. If there is any chaos in your life, then there must be some sin to point to as a reason for the sovereign of heaven to enter in and create discord. Somehow in their minds they, they, they were at the lowest level of reasoning as it relates to the link between suffering and sin. They saw suffering or punishment as the natural consequences of our actions or inactions. In Galatians chapter 6. to uh, puts it this way be not mocked whatsoever a man sows that shall he reap and that's where Job was that's where his contemporaries were and so when they came there they first came to to console a friend but when they got there I don't know if you're hearing me today they came to console a friend But when they got there, and they saw the extent to which Job had fallen, they knew that this must have been some divine uh, visitation. So the party that was sent out to console Job became a search party, an inquisition if you please. To find out what it was that Job was hiding in his life that was so terrible that God would do such a thing to him. So they thought if there's suffering, then there must be sin because God only punishes the wicked. You know, Job was 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 caught up in in, in, in another thought that that we sometimes have. He he said to himself, Since I know I have not sinned then I ought not to be suffering. It's two sides of the same coin. If you believe that if there is sin, then there will be automatic suffering. Then then you will also think that if you're suffering, then something must have gone wrong for you. to to, If you're suffering, then you must have sinned. Or or if you know that you're suffering now and you think that you haven't sinned, then you go to the next logical step, which is something is wrong with God. See, after they were talking, they they, they sat there and they, they just spoke. You know, first the Bible tells us that they sat for seven days and said nothing. It was just not the right time to break the silence. They, they couldn't compute what was happening. So they sat for seven days and said nothing. If we speak the truth, sometimes the reason why we don't go to visit people when they're going through their problems is we have nothing to say. And if we went, we would sit and say nothing. And, and, and don't you know that silence is something that, that is very hard to deal with. Now, if we're faced with silence, we love to fill the silence up. Just, just, just play something in the background. But don't let there just be silence. Don't sit there and say nothing. Say something. Bible says when they opened their mouth, the first person to open his mouth was Job, and he cursed the day he was born. I don't know if you've ever been there before where you have cursed the day you were born. I know somebody has. Job was at the point where he sat there and he turned that thing over into his mind. But, but nothing made sense. And he was so angry. That he cursed the day he was born. Now I want you guys to realize something. I want you to, to, to realize something. That the Bible says that Job was perfect. And that Job was sinless. So even in doing this, he did not sin. See, some people think that God isn't able to handle certain things that we think. If you think it, you've said it, because no thought is hid from God. So Job went real, said, man, why was I ever born? (laughs) God was silent. And then his friends chipped in. His friends said, Job, you need to search your heart. I know there got to be something there. And Job was stubborn. You, you've ever dealt with people who are stubborn before? You say you, you did the thing wrong and they said, no, I did it right. Come on now, speak the truth. Come on. let the, oh, Come on, don't be pointing. If you point and you die, I am not responsible. <laughs> I'll point at myself. You know, we were moving the other day my wife said, Don't bring the fridge down by yourself or or the the, the washer dry. I said, I'm going to do it by myself. And I did it by myself. They said, your back is going to kill you. I said, it ain't going to kill me. I'm strong. Then after I did all of that, I took up, I think I took up a book or a bag or something. And my back just gave way. I'm like, oh, well. (laughs) Sin in your life. (laughs) Sin in your life. So, so, so they, they, they went back and forth, accusing and defending, accusing and defending, until Job said, I'm sick and tired of talking to you. I need to talk with Jesus. I need an audience with God. God needs to explain to me what has happened. Uh, what is happening, Robert Sutherland in his book, Putting God on Trial, the biblical book of Job, puts it this way, Job filed a lawsuit against God. And he said, if I could only find me a lawyer who would plead my case, Against the Almighty. I know I would win. Because I am perfect. And I haven't sinned. Now I know most of us wouldn't be brave enough to try that. And that's one of the reasons uh, Sutherland thinks that the book of Job is actually a type of parable. Because I'm not sure there would exist a man that perfect. But it does show something that, that, that in the midst of our suffering, we want to know why we are suffering. Why we are going through what we are going through. You know, Job's friends thought suffering, viewed suffering as punishment or natural consequence for our actions or inactions. We talked about that. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7 to 10. Then the Bible also talks about the fact that suffering can be a form of character building. Somebody say character building. Bible says that uh, uh, Jesus himself went through suffering so that he could develop a certain character. Let's read that in in, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 7 to 10. It says, even though he was a a son, he learned obedience through the things that he suffered. So through suffering, we develop character. But the Bible says that not only was Job sinless, he was perfect. So his suffering had nothing to do with character development. Then the third reason we find the Bible talks about suffering, uh, a function of suffering. Suffering can be used As a tool to redeem others. Martin Luther King Jr. said human progress is neither automatic nor inevitable. Every step towards the goal of justice requires sacrifice suffering and struggle the tireless exertions and passionate concern of dedicated individuals so if you want to save your family you have got to go through some sort of suffering you've got to be willing to pay the price if you want your church to be the church that God would want it to be then you've got to be willing to go through some Amount of suffering so that you can be a redemptive force in this world. Bible says in John chapter, John chapter 12, verse 23 to, to 26, Jesus says, Unless the seeds fall into the ground and dies, it remains by itself. If you love your life, you will lose it, but if you lose your life for my sake, you will gain it again. Jesus himself says the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life for a ransom for many. Suffering can be redemptive. But it's the fourth type of suffering that leads us to question God's sovereignty that leads us to question is God powerful what can God do for me can he do it that leads us to question is God still in control that leads us to question does God still care It's the fourth type. It's not the suffering that we experience because we know we have done something in our lives. It's not the suffering that we experience and we see that it's building character in us. It's not the suffering that we experience and we see that so many people will come to salvation Because we suffered, it's this fourth type, the gratuitous suffering. The suffering that's for no reason whatsoever. The suffering that's not because I did anything. The suffering that's uh, not because I need to grow up. The suffering that will not cause anyone to be saved. That leads us to question, is God still God? You know, it's difficult to answer that question. But that's the question that Job posed to God. And it's the question that today I want us to think about. We've got to understand that as sovereign, God is free to act in whatever way he chooses. Did you hear me? God is free to act in whatever way he chooses. Let me see those who like that. You're like, God, you just do your thing, God. (laughs) Come on, my marriage, you just do your thing, God. The church, you just do your thing. Finances, God, do your thing. You know, my wife, used to make, um, when when we prayed for having a child, we don't have one as yet, so you guys, will that's your assignment for this year. <laughs> she would pray, Lord, I need to have a child, and then, you know, you go down the list. Child needs to be healthy, you know, the stipulations. Child needs to be healthy, 10 fingers, 10 toes. Uh, please let them be intelligent. Let them not grow up as teenagers to be rebellious. And you list all these things, because somehow in the, in the back of your mind, sometimes we don't feel comfortable with saying, have your way. Lord, I need a wife. Please let her be a Jamaican woman. Please, Lord, let her be able to cook round peas.
1: Lord, I'm
0: praying that she'll be able to do laundry well. That she can balance the books, Lord. You know, ooh, ooh, I feel it in my spirit. (laughs) We do all these stipulations when we talk to God because we are not sure what would happen if God had his way. We're not comfortable. And it's fine as long as we know what God is doing. But sometimes we are not privy to what's happening in the heavenly council. Sometimes the curtain is drawn and God is inside. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, And they're working something out and we are on the outside and we don't know what is happening and we cannot see a reason and we begin to question whether God can, whether he is in control and whether he cares. But God is still sovereign. God is still in control. Yes, he can. And the Bible says the interesting thing is he cares for you. Whether you want to believe it or not, he cares for you. I don't care what you have been through. He cares you you know sometimes i'm tutoring kids math and you care for them so much they're working a problem and you want to give them the answer you want to tell them the approach to get the answer but you can't Because if you did, that would short-circuit their learning. Sometimes you can't even give them a hint. That's why when we look in the book of Job, God comes down. And God starts to speak, but he does not give Job an answer. He does not countenance Job's question. He does not pamper Job. He does not cuddle Job. He doesn't tell him everything will be all right. He does not tell him you will not die. He does not tell him this is only a test. They have an association, the American, uh, the American. I'm losing my mind. Humane Association. You know those movies where you have animals involved, and at the end of it, no animals were hurt during the production of this movie. That's the association that gives them permission. My wife worked in research, and 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 I'm telling you, just to be able to dissect a rat in the United States of America. You have to have so many licenses. You have to go through so many courses. You have to be inspected by so many people. And those rats are more expensive than you and I. I don't think I could buy one of those research rats. And sometimes I wonder if God, if there isn't something there, some, some committee in the universe that, that, that's able to say no human was harmed during the building up of my faith. That, 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 that while God is working in the world, there is someone that stands between God and me and, 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 and is able to tell God, hey, you cannot do that to him. He will break down. See, because what God did to Job was only a test. But as sovereign, he has the right to do that. So what do we do? See, because I'm not going to be able to answer the questions satisfactorily. So that you can understand, hey, God knows what he's doing, but that's why you've got to have faith. That's why you've got to have faith. I'm going to say three things and then we can sit down. Three things I know we can sit down. You've got to hold on, you've got to endure, and you've got to overcome. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 39. Romans chapter 8, verse 28 through 39. The Bible says that we've got to be rooted in Christ Jesus. Somebody say Rooted. Because sometimes stuff will happen, And we have no answer. Life isn't a multiple choice quiz where there is always an answer. Sometimes there is no answer. Are you with me? Sometimes there is no right answer. Sometimes there is no reason. Sometimes there is no rhyme. But even in those times, and especially in those times, we've got to be rooted. This is what Paul says. And we know that all things work together for good to them that what? And who have been called according to the p- his purpose. Jump down to verse 31. Because we know this, Paul says, what shall we say to these things? Reading from the New International Version, it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? Then skipping down to verse 35, it says, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword. As it is written for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No in all these things we are what? More than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded. I am convinced. I am of the firm determination out a made up mind that 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 neither death nor life nor angels nor demons nor nor things present nor things to come nor any power neither height nor death nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of god which is in christ jesus you have got to be rooted in god's love You've got to be firmly rooted in God's love because gratuitous suffering will shake you. And if you don't know that you know that you know that God loves you, you will fall away. You will be offended. See, that's how we know Job was perfect. Because there's a thin line to walk between accepting everything and seeking an audience with God. See, some of us, we accept too much stuff that comes our way. Oh, it is the Lord's will. Are you hearing me today, church? Oh, God wanted it to happen. I never really loved anyway that son was my favorite son anyway and then some of us judge God too quickly he ain't coming through no more that's why the Bible says in Luke chapter eight God is going to answer each and every prayer but will we still have faith God will answer speedily, but when he answers, will you still be waiting for an answer? Will you be rooted in him, waiting for him to do what he said, waiting for him to do what he promised he will do for you? You've got to be rooted. You've got to be rooted. Then the second thing we've got to do is we have got to be revived. Psalm 37, verse 23 and 24. Psalm 37, 23 to 24. I want you to write these texts down. I want you to write these texts down. Bible says, the steps of a good man are what? Ordered by the Lord. And he does what he delights in his way though he are are you with me what does it say though he verse though he stumble he will not what for the Lord what upholds him in his hand you've got to be revived You know, they tell me it's not how many times you get knocked down. It's when you stay down. It's not how many times you get knocked down. It's when you stay down. And we've got to understand that God has ordered our steps. You know, I thought about bringing in a Del Taco bag today. Anybody loves Del Taco? Come on, Testify. Make the devil a liar. (laughs) God be glorified. When you order, you select something. You choose it, you arrange it, you put it together. God has put together each and every one of our steps. Do you believe that today? See, I can say that with a loud voice, but I don't want to say it with a loud voice. Do you believe that God has ordered your steps? Have you fallen before? Has God picked you back up? Have you fallen again? (laughs) Has God picked you back up? (laughs) Have you kept on moving forward? And you fell again. And God picked you up again. Because God ordered your steps. He said you're not. (laughs) You know I was talking to Sister McCord uh, last night. I told her you know the Lord said it ain't time for you yet. You know, when God has a plan for you, when God has a purpose for you, you will fall because we're only human. We fall down, but we get up. Because God has a purpose for your life. And even in those times when you fall, God revives us over and over again because we are rooted in him and nothing Can't separate us from God's love, which is in Christ Jesus. Have you ever been through the bitter spells before? Come on, no, you've been through the bitter spell. You can't talk to your husband, you can't talk to your wife. The bed becomes a battlefield. You've been there. Has God delivered you from it? Come on, if He hasn't just said, "Mm," (laughs) hmm, you're praying. But you see, God says, I have ordered your step. Everything that you're going through, nothing that you go through has caught me by surprise because I ordered it. God said, give me that trial and that one over there. No, no, not that extra large one. Give me the one in the small tub. Can't handle the extra large. God ordered it. Say it in your mind. Say it. God ordered what I'm going through. Come on. If you, come on. Somebody has a problem with that. Raise your hand. You have a problem with accepting that God ordered what you're going through right now. Raise your hand. I want somebody to be honest. Right. But you have a problem with it. You'd say, God, why couldn't you order something else? Yes, that's you having a problem with what you're going through right now. (laughs) (laughs) You say, Lord, thank you for what I'm going through right now. That's your experience right now. No, that's not your experience. You say, Lord, I'm going to praise you irrespective of what I'm going through right now. That's your experience. That's the spirit. Okay. Okay. <laughs> amen, amen, amen. anybody ever been? Yes. Right. <laughs> amen, 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 amen. Have, yes. God's not gonna put no more than you can bear. You gotta help me preach this morning. Right. 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 And and that's really where we need to be. If you've fallen, thank God that you fell. Because God's grace is sufficient even when you fall. Do you, do you <laughs> I know I'm talking to somebody today. You know, when I keep going back to the story of Jesus and Peter when Jesus said to Peter, Brother, watch out. The devil is after you. Peter would not listen. Too confident. Too cocky. Too sure of his own experience. But Jesus said, I've prayed for you. So that when you fall, your faith will not fail. do Do you follow what I'm saying? That's the important thing. When you fall, your faith doesn't fail. And then you can strengthen Somebody, because you've been through and you understand that God orders everything. So that even your trials and your failings, you are going to use that to the glory of God. You're going to use that to the glory of God. Then finally, see, you've got to be rooted. We've got to experience a revival. Then the last thing we gotta know is that God is going to restore everything. Come on, touch your neighbor. Say He's gonna restore it. I want to. He's gonna restore it. Ecclesiastes chapter four verse eleven. Ecclesiastes chapter four, verse eleven. Tell somebody. Say I don't know the reason. But I know the results. (laughs) I don't know the reason for what I'm going through. But I know the results. I win. (laughs) I win. win. You know, that's not what I'm... Look at verse 3. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, sorry. Verse 11. That's about marriage. But you guys missed that. That's fine. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11. (laughs) all into the word. Amen. (laughs) Amen. First part. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Do you hear that? God makes everything beautiful in its time. Now I'm going to testify. I, I believe we're on the brink of something beautiful here in this church. Ecclesiastes chapter 3, says there's a time for everything. There's a season for everything. There's a time to be on the up, and there's a time when you're down. There's a time when you're building up, and there's a time when you got to break down what you build up. There's a time to move in, and there's a time to move out. There's a time to laugh, and there's a time to cry. There's a time to question God, and there's a time to trust In God. There's a time to be by yourself. And then there's a time. To come together. There's a time to criticize. And there's a time to encourage. Amen. There's a time to work by yourself. And there's a time. To work together. Yet irrespective of the times. God makes all things beautiful. In his time. You just got to know what time is it is for the Lord. You got to say, God, what time is it? And I believe, speaking prophetically, God is going to do something beautiful. Have you noticed how many things our church has gone through? I said it last week. We shouldn't have a church anymore. We shouldn't have a church anymore. If, if, if members that we lost would be blood, we have lost a lot of blood. And we should be in the morgue now, some church morgue, ready to be identified by the conference. Is that Imani Praise Fellowship? Yes. I see the drums. That looks like Imani. Yes. And the, the potluck dishes, yes, amen. That's the money right there in the morgue. How did they die? Lost too much blood. Little cuts here and there. Because every time someone moves, something rips in the church. But we're still here as a church. And that's because God knows what He is doing because God is sovereign. Because God is in charge. Because God is in control. Because God cares for what happens in his church. Because God cares for you. Because God cares for me. He keeps us alive by his power even when we are in the storm. Do you understand that? When God gave permission to Satan as sovereign, God gave a mandate. God said, touch his stuff. And Satan did everything with the stuff and with his kids and everything. And and, and everything fell in one day, but nothing happened to Job because God didn't give him permission to touch Job. So he had to go back to God as sovereign and said, hey, 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 I know we had a bet. And I bet you that if you touch his stuff, he would curse you to your face. I touched his stuff, but but, but, but there's something else. I know if I touch his health, he will curse you. I need permission. Devil filled out a requisition said, dear Lord Jesus, I'm asking you for permission to touch your servant's job's health. I am doing an experiment. I don't know if I can tell you that that no human will be harmed because I've taken away all his stuff Uh, and the test came back negative. He didn't curse you and die. So I need to do some more testing, but I have to come back to you for permission. And God said, I will sign your form. You can take his health But you cannot take his life. So, 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 the devil submitted his form and he got the signature of God and he went back. I said he went back with God's permission, with God's permission and he took Job's health and yet Job did not curse God. And God just stood there because God knew what was in the heart of Job. That it wasn't the situations. It wasn't even his health. That connected Job with God. You got to hear me today. See, because uh, the devil was trying to find uh, that that, that one factor, the faith factor, if you please. That if you take that away, uh, we would curse God. And the devil thought that the faith factor was in the stuff that we possessed. He thought that the faith factor was in our homes and in our cars and in the food that we eat and in the fact that we have an education and in our marriages. He thought that was the faith factor and God said no. And then he said, it must be something more personal, because what could be more important than our health? God says, no, the faith factor is something within me that hopes in the rain, something within me that banishes pain something within me that I cannot explain Uh, Jesus on the inside is my faith factor so devil if you want to curse me to curse God, you've got to come on the inside and take the Jesus out of me, and I will curse God. But as long as I've got Jesus, I will trust him. As long as i got Jesus, I will serve him. As long as I've got Jesus, I will praise him because he is God. He is sovereign, and there is No God like our God. The faith factor for this church is not its pastors. It's not its leaders. It's not the precious little kids we see running around. The faith factor... For this church is Jesus on the inside. Jesus on the inside. And if your faith was built on one man, I don't care how good that man is, it will fall because that man is going to be moved. So God says you got to build your hope on Jesus Christ, the solid rock. You've got to be firmly rooted in him, in him, in no other. That's what you came here for. That's what you came to see. You you came to see Jesus. You've got to be rooted in Jesus. You've got to understand that we fall sometimes but but but, but you got to be revived by God. You've got to wait on God's timing. To understand it doesn't matter how low you get, he is going to restore. Come on, somebody believe with me. He's going to restore. He's going to restore. Imani is bigger than you. It's bigger than me because it's God's church. It's God's church. It's not my church. It's not Pastor Raphael's church. I don't care. It's not even Pastor Whip's church. It's God's church. And as long as God sits on the the throne, he can. He's in charge and he cares for this church. And he cares for you. Because you are the church. You are the church. You know, I have a confession to make. I didn't know what was going to happen today. And then the Lord, the testimonies, said, man, they're preaching the sermon already. <laughs> said, Lord, you got this thing covered. Because sometimes our emotions get wrapped up and and we try to control things and we try to make sure that everything is in the right place and and people are doing the right thing and, and we want to know that it's on a high when we leave and all of these things. And God says that's not your business. That's my business. These people will triumph, not because of you, but because of me. I am still here. I have not moved. Amen. You know what? I will be with you. And I'm saying that to you today. God is with you. God is with you. You want to join with me? You want to say, I need to recognize God's sovereignty. He's absolute ruler. Absolute. Absolute ruler. Demons tremble when he speaks. You want to say, Lord, I'm standing with you. Come on, stand to your feet with me. Come on, stand to your feet. Come on, stand to your feet.